0: Hello and welcome to QPod, QIC's Investor Insights podcast series. I'm Alison Hill, State Chief Investment Officer at QIC, and each week we invite our listeners to Take 10 and to get an update on economics, markets and other topics of interest for institutional investors. Dr. Bathy Peter, my usual co-host, is away on a well-earned break this week, but I'm pleased this week to be joined by a very special guest, Lindsay Scully. Lindsay's a principal in our infrastructure debt team based in New York, where I'm actually luckily over here on a work trip as well. So I've had the opportunity to catch up. Welcome, Lindsay.
1: Hi, Alison. Thank you so much for having me. Really
0: pleased you could join us. And just before we kick into infrastructure debt, because I think it's a really interesting area to have a chat about with some you know, changing dynamics, just to get a bit of a feel from you about what's the feel on the street as a local New Yorker?
1: Yes. So life has certainly returned to normal, I would say, in New York City. Um, the restaurants and the shops are full these days. Uh, there are long lines to get into Broadway shows and museums, uh, and there are plenty of tourists here this week. And it's a school holiday week in New York um, and in the states. Uh, I also think the sentiment is rosier here than it was, you know, over the past 12 months or so. People seem to be encouraged at the prospect of, um, you know, coming down from peak inflation, uh, and there is. Potentially an end in sight to interest rate hikes. So I think that's speaking uh, mostly at the consumer level, um, but I think more macro, you could say that the sentiment is rosier.
0: Well, really pleased you could be here. Really keen to have a chat to you about infrastructure debt, which is one of our newest capabilities at QIC, but I think a really fascinating area for investment, and I think actually a really interesting opportunity set at the moment. Could you introduce us to the team and you know tell us a little bit about the the investment policy and approach in infrastructure debt?
1: Yes, absolutely. So the infrastructure debt strategy was initiated by QIC in 2021 as part of the greater private debt capability, um, which now actually consists of two different verticals, MSPD, multi-sector private debt, and uh, and our team, infrastructure debt. Our team invests capital across all infrastructure sectors, so that's renewables, energy, and utilities, transportation, telecom, etc., and our strategy expands to all OECD countries, but the primary focus over the past year or so has really been North America, the UK, and Europe, which coincides with where the investment team is currently located. So in addition to leadership in Australia, we have three investment professionals in New York uh, and three in London. And I'm happy to announce that we've closed four deals to date. So the the platform was initiated uh, to complement the existing alternative asset investment capabilities that QIC currently offers to its investors and to promote risk-adjusted returns.
0: Fantastic. Thanks, Lindsay. Look, I think infrastructure debt is one that people might sort of have heard of, but potentially have had less exposure to. Can you tell us a little bit about the strategy? What sort of yield, what sort of investments you're looking to make, those kind of things?
1: We employ a high-yield strategy, uh, and we're often but not always taking subordinated um, or mezzanine positions in the capital stack. Um, So we'll we'll target strong underlying credits with the traditional infrastructure characteristics, um, you know, long-term cash flows, strong barriers to entry, long-lived assets, uh, you know, assets providing essential services. Um, So the underlying credit is always strong, but then we'll seek to add value via leverage, usually at a holding company level. Um, When we invest, we apply a direct lending approach. So we look to structure and arrange the financings ourselves. And we find that to be extremely beneficial because it establishes long-term relationships with sponsors and the partnership allows for a certain level of control over the deal terms. So we're we're able to go back to our investor's uh, with certainty in terms of what we're actually putting on the table and where we're investing their capital. And then we'll lend typically bilateral uh, if the deal size permits, or we'll look to bring in co-investors. Um, and actually, if I can ask you a question, uh, where do you see the most value in the infrastructure debt strategy when you're constructing a portfolio? And you know, have your views changed over the past year during periods of high base rates and high inflation?
0: Yeah, it's a really, really good question. I think, you know, listeners might recognise that I'm quite positive on private debt, and and that certainly includes infrastructure debt. From my perspective, you know, we're facing quite an uncertain environment in terms of the trajectory of of inflation. You know, while markets are overarchingly positive in the long run, that will come back down to targeted bands. I think we are facing a period where we could have some volatility in inflation and so therefore potentially some volatility in interest rates and in that that makes both sovereign bonds and and potentially equities also a little bit more volatile and a bit more correlated so having private debt for me is a really important sort of core to the portfolio it has a lower volatility given its private nature Uh, Its floating rate uh, approach generally also provides some protection there, Um, and it has a reasonably good risk-adjusted return for the risk that we're taking in particular, I believe. So, for us, it's quite an important part of the portfolio, and so I'm really pleased to be able to chat to you about it today. You know, I'm keen to actually hear a little bit about your view on um, the market and how is it travelling at this time, where are returns? any other opportunities or risks that you're 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 seeing in the market?
1: Yes, so actually the the past year and the volatility in the debt markets has provided an opportunity for us and for other private debt lenders. So you know, you've probably heard that infrastructure assets and infrastructure companies are generally considered inflation resistant given the essential services they provide. So there was no slowdown in projects or in sponsors seeking financing opportunities during the past year particularly in the power and renewable space. But there was high inflation um, and high base rates, which resulted in higher pricing in many of the financing markets. This was true in both the public and private markets. And in turn, it made our offering more attractive to sponsors. Sponsors were a bit more willing to pay Um, higher rates, which enable us to meet our returns to get the flexibility of our capital.
0: Another compelling reason, I think, at the moment where I think it makes it quite interesting. You're listening to Alison Hill and QIC's Take 10 podcast, where I'm discussing markets, economics and a particular infrastructure private debt with Lindsay Scully from QIC's New York office right here in the Big Apple. Just interested in where you're seeing the most opportunity in the U.S. markets, in particular, given that's your focus.
1: Yes. So the short answer is energy transition and digital debt opportunities. I would re- be remiss if I did not mention the Inflation Reduction Act, which definitely can get into a longer answer, but I will keep it as brief <laughs> as possible. That was uh, that was passed into law last summer. It provided um, over 380 billion in funding across clean tech and other sectors. There was already significant focus on energy transition in the U.S., but the passage of the IRA, as it's been dubbed, has just provided significant tailwinds to anything renewables related in particular. And we now, in addition to the traditional renewable products, solar, wind, battery storage, and all the projects that are accommodating those types of assets, the IRA has now included tax credits for newer technologies, such as green hydrogen production and carbon capture. So there's definitely equity flowing into this space. And we do think that debt will follow probably not in the too near of a term, but it is our time to get smart on uh, on the technologies. Um, And the other sector is digital. There is a huge opportunity in private lending to modernize the U.S.'s digital infrastructure. And this has just been fueled by end user connectivity, um, which has only been heightened post-COVID.
0: Oh, thanks, Lindsay. It's really interesting to hear about the Inflation Reduction Act. It's it's clearly stimulating a lot of investment into equity into infrastructure equity, um, which, as you say, over time will flow through to appropriate debt opportunities that could be, you know, suitable for for investment. Thanks, Lindsay, for joining me today, and I appreciate you taking time to meet with me here in New York. And thanks to our listeners for taking ten.